should tell you, no, that's a bad idea. You should put the covers back over your head and go back to sleep. So it's this constant battle of, of making our flesh subservient to our spirit. It's about being led by the spirit. And so the flesh and the spirit are at war with each other, and that war usually takes place in our soul. And so we're going to talk about the soul this morning and the war that's going on inside of us. And you're going to hear a picture painted by the psalmist as we read through this of somebody who's wrestling with some things in his soul. And I think as we read through this, you're going to see this psalmist is struggling with depression and anxiety and fear and worry and all of these different emotions that are, are clouding his judgment. And he's fighting with how to deal with that. And, and I think it's so important for us to understand that this is part of the human struggle, that we are all wrestling with these thoughts, with these emotions, with these feelings, but that God has a plan for us. And, and so you'll see his hand at work in the, in the psalmist's life as well. Let's just read it together. We're going to read through both these chapters in their entirety, and then we'll kind of come back through them. Verse 1, as the deer pants for the flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng. And lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise and a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, well, they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. And then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him my salvation, and my God. Now, there are a lot of different reasons for 
things like depression and anxiety and, and worry. Um, and uh, we're not, this is not an extensive list that we're going to cover this morning, but I think the psalmist is kind of highlighting three areas uh, that lead us to depression or lead us to that feeling of um, uh, fear or worry. And, and the first is feeling empty or unsatisfied. Do you notice how he starts out this song? And, and this is kind of like a, a worshipful way to say this. He talks about the deer panting for water. That's, that's how he's, he's thirsting after the Lord. He's hungry for the things of God. And you're only hungry and thirsty if you're feeling unsatisfied, right? There's something missing there that you're longing for, that you're searching for. And I want to ask you this question this morning. Is God ever unavailable to us? No, he's always there, right? He's always willing to satisfy. In fact, if we are feeling dissatisfied or hungry or thirsty, it's not God's fault. It's ours. We're the ones that have the shortcoming, that have the lacking. Now, we all go through dry seasons in our life, and that applies to our spiritual life as well. Sometimes there are times where I open my Bible to read and it just seems like a chore. It just seems like words on the page. I, I spend time in prayer and, and I don't feel like I'm hearing anything from God. Has anybody ever felt that way before? That you've gone through seasons of your life where you feel distant from Him? Where you're struggling to feel that, that connection and that relationship? This is what happens when we're feelings focused, Right? It's when we look at our feelings as our source of truth rather than the truth of Scripture and the truth of, of who God is, the, the truth of, of what He's told us about Himself. And it's getting past that idea of what we feel dictates how we respond to everything and understanding that God is present, God is there whether we feel it or not. Uh, and if we rely on our feelings to, to be our ultimate source of joy, and if we rely on that as, as our source of strength when we're going through something difficult, we're always going to come up empty in those moments where we're just not feeling it. But if God's word is truth, and truth is consistent, then we can be consistent too, even when we don't feel like it. Uh, I, I mentioned that you know, our bodies don't want to get up in the morning and go work out. I was watching a, a TED Talk the other day on, on physical fitness. And uh, one of the things that he talked about was, was the fact that, that people put these workout plans in their life. And, and they have these structures. And so they're like, okay, three days a week I'm going to work out. He said, I don't ever tell anybody to work out three days a week. You need to work out every single day. You know why? Because if you work out three days a week, that's four days that you have a decision to make. And the more decisions that you have to make, the less likely you are to be consistent. So he said, decide to do it every single day. M maybe do it for a little bit less if, if that's you know, what your capacity is. But do it every single day. There's a discipline in that. Um, and then you don't have to think quite as much about that. Um, it's not about our feelings. It's about his truth. It's about the reality of who he is. The second reason why we can feel discouraged or defeated um, is 
that sometimes we feel like we are defeated. It's, it's the oppression of an enemy. It's, uh, the psalmist said that his adversaries are taunting him, telling him there is no God, right? There are people in your life that are not necessarily your friends, right? There are going to be people that you encounter, that you relate with, that are going to discourage you, that are going to tell you the wrong thing. And sometimes they're doing it completely uh, in an oblivious state. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea the impact that they're making on you. In fact, what they're telling you probably has absolutely nothing to do with you at all. It's to make them feel better about a situation in their life. And they're giving you bad advice and they're discouraging you. And, And as a result, you feel like you're alone. Anybody ever been there before? And, and what the enemy will do is they'll say, see, everybody is against you, right? Nobody's there for you. Nobody supports you. Nobody really cares about you. And, and you'll use that example in your life to kind of build this scenario in your head that isn't even true, right? You know, feeling rejected by people can make us feel like we're being rejected by God. In fact, that's what, what he ultimately wrote in this passage of Scripture. It's that he talked about uh, his enemies and how they had um, taunted him and rejected him. And then he said, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Did God forget him? No. But it feels like that when we're alone, when we're struggling with this idea. Um, you know, I think a lot of times that that feeling of defeat, that, that feeling that um, we're by ourselves happens when we focus on the things of this world, on materialism, on fame, on success, on all the things that the world has placed value on. Really, what it comes down to is valuing the temporary things over the eternal things. And the more that we focus on those particular issues, the more that we think about those things as, as being something that we need in our life, the more that emptiness creeps in when we don't have what we want. And even when we achieve something or gain something, there's always something more, there's always something else that we need to achieve or gain. And it can be be incredibly discouraging. Third thing that can lead us into this uh, feeling of depression or fear or anxiety is feeling rejected. Feeling rejected. This is what he he says to to God in this prayer. He says, why have you rejected me? You know, few things hurt as much as being rejected by someone. I, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where maybe you had a crush on somebody. And maybe you made yourself vulnerable and, and asked them out and they turned you down like that. That is, that can be a devastating thing, right? And, and that's like in just getting to know someone, that's just the beginning stages. But when it's a close friend or somebody that you've had a relationship for a long time with and then you feel rejected by them, that can be absolutely devastating. And once again, it, it comes back to the lies that Satan wants to tell us uh, he wants us to believe that everybody's rejecting us, that we're all alone, that we're by ourselves in this life. A- and when we focus on ourselves and when we focus on what we need in that moment, 
uh, rather than focusing on the needs of others and caring for others, then it, it even compounds more. And we spend so much time feeling sorry for ourselves because nobody cares about us, when in reality, we're not showing love to anyone else. <laughs> we're too busy focused on our, being focused on ourselves, and other people are feeling rejected by us. See how this cycle begins to happen? And it, and it becomes uh, all about us, and when we're focused on us all the time, we're never satisfied. We feel discouraged, we feel alone, we feel hurt, we feel broken. Now, I want to be clear about this this morning. The point of this message is not to make you feel bad about being discouraged or being depressed or struggling with mental health in any way. If anything, it should encourage you this morning that even the biblical authors struggled with this issue. It's normal to feel that way. It's normal to wrestle with that and to struggle with it. But can I tell you something? God doesn't want your depression or your anxiety or your fear to hold you back from what he has planned for your life. So you need to learn how to overcome it. God doesn't want you to be uh, crippled by your fear. He doesn't want you to be devastated by your depression. He wants you to learn to trust in him. And also, if you're struggling with this, can I tell you something? You need help, right? You cannot do this alone. You're part of the body of Christ. But if you never share your struggles with anyone, what good is it to be a part of a church? Right? If you keep it all to yourself and just bury it and pretend like everything's great in your life and you never go through any hardships, well, why are you feeling sorry for yourself then if nobody is coming alongside you? They have no idea. They're too worried about their own problems. So you need to be vulnerable enough to say, yes, I need help. I need the body of Christ to come alongside me. Now, I'm so glad that this passage doesn't just give us the problems and tell us all the reasons why we should be depressed or discouraged. It gives us some solutions. It gives us some answers, too. And again, this is not an extensive and uh, fully comprehensive list this morning, but there's some great words of advice and instruction that come straight from God's Word. Now, there are lots of remedies to depression out there. Some of them, uh, the world has a ton of options. Some of them are, are good. Um, I think that professional counseling can prevent a world of hurt sometimes, um, especially when you combine counseling with faith. Uh, you know, godly Christian psychiatrists and counselors. I know I've seen many scenarios where that has helped people through some difficult times. In fact, I have pastor friends that have needed counseling to help them through a difficult season. In the Assemblies of God, they provide a counselor for pastors who who need that at times, and I think it's an incredibly um, beautiful thing, and it can be incredibly beneficial. Um, then there are some other things that the world has to offer that are less helpful, like entertainment or distraction. Uh, did you know that 30% of people who struggle with depression say the, the primary source of medication that they have is to watch television? <laughs> what? <laughs> How is that going to help? That's going to make it worse, right? Um, so some people are like, listen, I just don't want to deal with it. I'm going to use entertainment to distract me from what's really going on with my life. 
And that might provide some temporary relief, but that is not going to be beneficial in the long run. In addition to those um, maybe neutral or less helpful things, there are also some extremely dangerous things that the world has to offer. Um, And they're, uh, frankly, harmful. (laughs) Um, A lot of people try to treat their depression with alcohol. That's a bad idea, okay? It's not going to bring any satisfaction or peace to you. It might numb the pain temporarily, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause you much more grief later down the line, or, or drugs, or pornography. Or, there are a number of things that, that can bring you to this place um, where you're looking for something to bring you peace. When in reality, the only solution is Christ. Now, I want to share some advice directly from this this psalm this morning. And like I said, this is not a cure-all for depression or anxiety. Um, this isn't just a substitute for, for godly counseling. But these principles can be helpful when you're going through something difficult. And uh, if you want to write these down, I, I think if you're going through something, that would be a good idea. Here's the first one. And all three of them are, are about focus. This first one is focus on truth instead of feeling. Three times in this passage of scripture that we just read, the psalmist goes back to this. He, he goes, why are you downcast, O my soul? Hope in the Lord. Three times he says that. You know why? Because sometimes we need to talk to ourselves. We need to give ourselves a little pep talk. Hey, soul, listen up. It's time to stop being crabby. It's time to wake up. It's time to put your trust and your hope in the Lord. Listen, if we don't talk to ourselves, we're going to hear another voice, right? There's voices competing for your attention all around you. They're constantly screaming in your ears. You might as well be a little bit louder. And sometimes it's even worth it to say it out loud. And that's how I kind of picture this, like that he was like, hey, soul, why are you downcast? Come on, snap out of it. Hope in the Lord. first step to correcting a pattern of bad behavior is to change the way you think. There's a biblical word for this. It's it's a word that we use is repentance. Now we think of sometimes repentance as like feeling sorry for for something that you've done, but that's not really what repentance is all about. Repentance is about change. It's about transformation. It's about what what God has called us to, to, to turn from the things that are harmful to us, and redirect ourselves in the path that he has for us. And, and that begins by changing the way that we think. It begins in your mind first, and then your behavior follows as well. In fact, Scripture tells us to do this. It says to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Right? So when you're having negative thoughts, be conscious about what you're thinking. Talk to yourself and say, hey, stop thinking that way. That's wrong. You know that's wrong. You've read it in your Bible that that's wrong. Stop thinking that way. Right? Take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Focus on truth instead of feeling. Second thing is focus on God instead of your circumstances. That's easier said than done, okay? Because our circumstances are always right in front of us. It's always what we see. And it takes a conscious redirecting of our attention to look up instead of looking around. 
Pastor Michael shared from Psalm 73 last week, right? And, and the psalmist is saying, I'm looking around and evil's winning everywhere, everything I see. And, and it's only when we adjust our focus upward and we focus our attention on Christ that we get out of that mindset. Psalm 42, 8, we read this earlier. By, by day, the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Right? It's, it's that idea of understanding that in our circumstances, when things are going wrong, when everything seems off, God is there too. His love is with us. His song is with us. And as we spend time redirecting our attention on him, we'll correct our focus. You know, uh, there's a story about Martin Luther. Uh, he was having a, a rough time, and he'd been moping around his house for weeks. And his wife, uh, who uh, was kind of spicy, she, uh, she dressed in all black and put a veil on like she was going to a funeral. And uh, Martin Luther looked at his wife and what, what are you doing? Why are you dressed like that? She said, well, uh, apparently God died because you are just acting like, like the world is coming to an end. <laughs> and it snapped him out of it, right? Like he, he was like, that deeply affected him. And so he did something. He wrote in Latin, he lives, and hung it in his office, in his study, so that every day when he went to study the word, he would be reminded of the truth that Jesus lives. Right? It's what you're focusing your attention on. Yeah, if you focus on the circumstances of your life, especially the things that aren't going right, which is kind of where our attention is directed anyway, you're going to be miserable. But if you redirect your attention to Christ, it can be transformative. It can be life-giving. It can remind you of your purpose, of your hope, of your future. Worship team, you want to come? There's, we do this last one here. Um, last one is to focus on your future instead of your past. Psalm 43.3 says, Send out your light and your truth and let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. And then I will go to the altar of God. To God, my exceeding joy. And I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. I, I just love that picture. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. So, right, we're refocusing our attention on the truth of God's word. We're refocusing on him. And then I will go to the altar of God. Listen, the first step toward the future is heading to the altar. It's that spot where we meet with God, where he impacts us, where he leads us into life. The story of a young lawyer who was so depressed that all his friends took away all the razors and all the sharp objects in his house because they were concerned that he was going to take his own life. This man wrote in his journal, he said, I am now the most miserable man living. If what I feel were equally distributed to the whole human family, there would not be one cheerful face on the earth. Now that is dramatic, right? 
That man's name was, you might have heard of him before, his name is Abraham Lincoln. Now imagine if at that point in his life, he had allowed his depression to stop him from fulfilling the purpose that his life ultimately became. See, you don't want to miss out on what God has for your life based on hurt and pain and suffering that's going on inside of you. God wants to use you. Sometimes it means fighting through those difficult moments with the help of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ. You are not alone in this. I don't know what you walked in with this week. I don't know if there's heaviness in your heart, things that are going on right now in your life that you're struggling with. Odds are, there probably is. There's always hardship that we go through. My family right now, we just, my uncle passed away last week and and we were up there for the funeral and, and my family's grieving right now and we're missing him. And it's okay to feel that way and to feel discouraged at times and to go through difficult situations. But if you allow the enemy to keep you in that position of feeling sorry for yourself, you're going to miss out on everything that God has for you. Now, I know, I know that God does not want you to stay there. He wants to lead you paths of righteousness. So this morning as we close, here's what I'm going to do. I've asked some people to come and help pray and if you'd come at this time, they're going to just come up front here and as we sing this song to close, if if you need prayer this morning for whatever reason, maybe you're just going through a hard time and and you just need somebody to encourage you and and stand with you and pray with you. Um, Maybe there's something serious going on in your life and, and it uh, it's a difficult situation. You need God to intervene and do a miracle. Uh, these people are here to stand alongside you and pray with you this morning. And so as we close and sing this song, if, if that's you and you need prayer, come find one of them and, and, le- and let them pray with you. Don't walk through this alone. We have the body of Christ for this very purpose. That, that we are united together to carry each other's burdens and to walk through these difficult situations together. So whether it's hardship, whether it's sin that you're struggling with, maybe you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior this morning. We'd be happy to pray with you to do that as well. We want to just give you an opportunity to stand alongside somebody as we close this morning. Could the rest of us, could we just stand this, this morning and I'm going to pray. And then if you want prayer, you come forward. Otherwise, let's worship together. Lord, we thank you today that you are the God of the impossible, Lord, that no matter what we're facing, Lord, as we fix our focus and our attention on you, Lord, you can change everything. Lord, you, can't, uh, you can not only change our circumstances, but you can change our heart too. So Lord, I-, I pray that as we lay our burdens at your feet, as we cast our cares on you today, Lord, that you would remind us of who you are and you'd give us the strength persevere and to continue to walk in the path that you have for us. In Jesus' name.